Hi, and welcome back to Untaught History Lessons. This week, we just have me, Emma. My sister, Damiana, is not joining us. We had a little bit of an issue. I had COVID, so things have been hectic, but we're back this week to talk about nursery rhymes. I would say this week is a little different from the episodes we normally put out because instead of looking at one person or event in history, we'll be looking at many nursery rhymes to discover how they came about. Most of these originated in England, but they've been commonly used for children for hundreds of years. I'd guess that you'll be familiar with most, if not all, of these nursery rhymes, but what will surprise you is the origin. It was crazy to me to learn about the dark history behind such seemingly innocent children's songs, and you'll see exactly what I mean. The first nursery rhyme we'll be looking at is The Muffin Man. So who was the Muffin Man? Most people just think this is a fun song. Actually, the Muffin Man is Frederick Thomas Linwood, England's first serial killer. Linwood lived on Drury Lane exactly like the song said, and he was known as the Drury Lane Dicer. Linwood killed 15 children during the period of 1589 to 1598 by luring them into dark alleys with a muffin tied onto a string. You might think twice before singing that to your kids next time. A little unsettling. The next nursery rhyme we'll be talking about is Ring Around the Rosie. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, you'll fall down. Everyone's familiar with that one. I remember being in preschool, holding hands with my little friends, and running around in a circle, falling down at the end of that song. The origin of Ring Around the Rosie is actually one of the more familiar ones, so I heard about this years ago, but it totally shocked me. Ring Around the Rosie isn't just about running around in circles and playing games with your friends, surprisingly enough. It's actually about the bubonic plague of London in 1665. The words roses and posy in that song aren't references to flowers at all, but actually references to the ringed rashes and buboes of the bubonic plague, or also known as the pneumatic plague, and the falling down represents death. Pretty morbid. Next, we'll be talking about the three blind mice. Now, I remember this song from when I was a kid and thinking, well, this is a little bit weird. Hmm, three blind mice? Tails cut off? With a carving knife? That's intense, right? Apparently, this story is actually about Queen Mary I, who is also known as Mary, Queen of Scots, or Bloody Mary. Queen Mary was a Catholic queen, and she was very against Protestants to the point of persecution. 
The blind mice referred to in this song are actually what Queen Mary referred to as blind loyalists or Protestants. Now, of course, she didn't cut their tails off, but she did burn them at the stake. The next nursery rhyme is about the same woman, Mary Mary Quite Contrary. Clearly, she was pretty gruesome, so she inspired a few of these. Mary Mary Quite Contrary, how does a garden grow? With silver bells and cockle shells and pretty maids all in a row. It's honestly funny to hear how innocent that sounds when you realize that silver bells and cockle shells and pretty maids are not implements of gardening at all, but torture devices used by Catholic queens for persecuting Protestants. Our next nursery rhyme is Georgie Porgy. There are two theories as to the origin of Georgie Porgy, but the most accepted theory is that it was inspired by George Villiers, the first Duke of Buckingham. He was the Duke from 1592 to 1628, and he had been taken under the wing of King James I. Villiers had a bad reputation of being basically a predator, What I read when I was researching was that he forced his affections on women, which to me, that's just a nice way of saying he's a predator. This is where the line, kiss the girls and made them cry, is believed to have come from. George Villiers was also rumored to have had a romantic relationship with King James I, Of course, he would never admit that, and it wasn't accepted at that time at all. So that is what is believed to have inspired the line, When the boys come out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away, in reference to his denial of his sexuality. The second theory about Georgie Porgy is that it was inspired by King George IV. Now, this makes a lot of sense because King George IV was known as a big guy. He was said to weigh 245 pounds, and he wore a corset for a 50-inch waist. This is why they called him Georgie Porgy, Pudding and Pie. King George was married, but he hated his wife. And just like the last theory, King George was known as a forceful man. He had a lot of power, and he used it wrongfully, forcing himself onto women. This earned him so much of a reputation that women who attended his parties would be warned not to be alone with King George. It's so interesting for me to see the origins of these nursery rhymes. A lot of these have been about people or events I'm not too familiar with, like King George IV, To refresh, we learned about the Muffin Man, Ring Around the Rosie, Three Blind Mice, Mary Mary Quite Contrary, and Georgie Porgy. While all of these have definitely been morbid, they still sit better with me than the last two nursery rhymes we'll discuss. I've grouped these together 
and save them for last because they are arguably the most important to talk about, dealing with an issue that is still highly prevalent and hurting a lot of people. Racism. The first of these nursery rhymes is Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. I remember when I was little, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo was like the ultimate tool for decision making. If I didn't know what flavor lollipop I wanted, that was a perfect way to decide. Pick teammates, anything. To most people, this is a completely innocent little song. They don't understand at all. I know I didn't. But Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo is actually associated with slave trade. I'm going to read the original and censor it, although I'm sure you can fill in the blanks. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, Kedja by the toe. When he hollers, let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Now that's the most basic version, but there are other variations. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, Kedja by the toe. Every time the hollers make him pay you $50. I saw many variations of this same disgusting slur in about 15 different songs from 15 different places and it made me feel just as sick every time. I strongly feel like this little rhyme should not be used at all anymore. It shouldn't be taught to children because people don't know where it comes from. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe is used in public schools with all children, white and black. This shouldn't be covered up anymore. The truth is out there. I read it on the internet with a simple search. We should be doing better. Unfortunately, our next and last nursery rhyme takes the same tone, and that's Five Little Monkeys. So I'm not sure that Five Little Monkeys technically classifies as a nursery rhyme, but it's definitely a common childhood song, so I felt that it fit well in this section. And very similarly to Eeny Meeny Miny Moe, this is a blatantly racist song. The version of Five Little Monkeys that we know today is not the original. A songwriter named Frank Green in the 1800s made an adaptation of this song because the original includes racial slurs. This song actually derives from the first verse of Shortenin' Bread. And I will read you a censored version of these lyrics. Two little <laughs> lying in bed, one of them sick and the other one's dead. Call for the doctor and the doctor said, feed them darkies on Shortenin' Bread. Of course, with the adaptation, this song does not sound inherently bad it's socially acceptable but knowing the meaning behind these songs i personally would not be comfortable to teach this to children or say it myself i can't necessarily say that these songs should be banned but they can be used as an educational tool in order to understand our history 
Just like many other factors, songs like this contribute to a culture of racism because the truth is concealed. There is a lack of awareness about the origins, so of course nobody bats an eye. But at the heart of the issue, especially with the past two songs we discussed, these seemingly silly rhymes perpetuate a culture of racism. Just imagine if these adaptations hadn't been made. Would you still sing these songs then? As a society, we need to recognize the roots of these issues to truly address them. So those are all of the nursery rhymes I have for you guys today. I want to clarify that I mean the utmost respect when I talk about all of these issues, and I hope you learned something. We'll be back next week for another untaught history lesson. Talk to you soon.